When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. During the month of July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com slash Browns answering a question about the team as we head into training camp at the end of July. We'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns. News, analysis, what we're thinking and hearing, and more. And the best part is you can text us back and we'll text with you directly. It cuts through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers that includes Terry Pluto and Doug Maurice exclusively for our subscribers. We held a virtual draft event the week before the draft this year, and we also held a virtual event where we talked all things Baker Mayfield. You probably heard both of those on the podcast, but if you weren't a Football Insider subscriber, you didn't get to participate and have your voice heard because these events are only open to our football insiders. If you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insiders $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription, text 216 208 3965. Now, let's get to our question for today. And today's question is about the Browns' secondary and Greedy Williams. Is he the answer on the opposite side of Denzel Ward? Of course, John Dorsey made Greedy Williams the second round pick. You know, the parallels between Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit uh, are very interesting. Dorsey traded up to get Greedy Williams in the second round. Uh, actually traded up to the pick that the Browns traded out of, I believe, uh, to, to get Grant Delpit, uh, both out of LSU. But Greedy Williams last year as a rookie, uh, you know, had some good things, had some bad things, seemed to put some of those tackling issues to rest. We'll get into all of that. Uh, for me, I, I see no reason for the Browns to not at least give Greedy Williams that shot to continue starting across from Denzel Ward. It just makes too much sense. Our guy going into his third, his second season uh, was a highly touted prospect as a guy you really wanted. Some people really thought he was, he was one of the top corners in the draft last year, much like some people thought Grant Delpit was a first-round talent this year. Uh, I, I just think there's no good reason, Scott, to not give Greedy Williams that opportunity this year uh, to kind of build on what he did a season ago. Sure, and I think the, the moves that the Browns have made this offseason would indicate that they probably feel the same way. You know, they didn't go out and sign uh, anybody who is coming in 
that you assume is going to challenge for that starting spot. Now there could be competition again. It could be Greedy Williams and Terrence Mitchell and maybe Kevin Johnson, who they signed this offseason, uh, fighting for that spot across from Denzel Ward. You know, it was Mitchell and Williams last year, at least, you know, at the beginning of camp seemed to be the, the two competing there. But, um, you know, maybe Williams isn't the, the proclaimed starter right away. But I think that, yeah, certainly he did well enough last year to not come into this season and think, you know, to think that maybe they had a bust pick or something. I don't think anybody looks at Greedy Williams that way. Uh, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's competition. I know Joe Woods hasn't really addressed Greedy or even Denzel directly yet. You know, he's talked about how excited he is with his young, talented cornerbacks, which, you know, Greedy Williams would fall into that category. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons why he's excited. Uh, but, you know, he, he had the kind of season I think maybe you expect you expect out of a rookie. Not everybody's going to have Denzel Ward's rookie year, you know, just like we've, we've talked about not every lineman's going to be Joe Thomas <laughs> out of the gate. Not everybody's going to, you know, hit the ground running like, uh, like Denzel Ward. And I think Greedy Williams, the big knock on him or the big question mark, like you said, was his tackling. And, and it wasn't so much that he could or couldn't do it. It seemed to be like an effort thing. Like, does he have the desire to do it? And he had the best, if you're into pro football focus grades, he had the best tackling grade of any cornerback on the Browns last year. So, you know, he, he seemed to put that to rest. And I think uh, coming into this season, uh, he's definitely somebody who either starts, he, he's either the guy to beat or he's, he's right there competing with Mitchell. And, and like I said, maybe, maybe Kevin Johnson. So one one of the weird things here's a here's a little trivia for you from uh, Pro Football Focus. Their highest graded Browns defender in coverage was Chad Thomas. So there's that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably a sample size issue there. Olivier Vernon was third. Uh, you know, Greedy Williams didn't grade real well um, from PFF. He, he even when you dig into the individual games, uh, they graded him really well against the Jets in Week Two, and, and then you know. Did okay against Baltimore in week in week 16, but a lot of these grades are are under 60, uh, some under 50. Um, I, I really think this is, I don't know. I, I guess when I see those grades, uh, it doesn't quite match what I saw eyeball wise. And Scott, you've mentioned this. We we watch the games differently than Pro Football Focus, right? There's they have somebody right. sitting there watching every single snap. Uh, that Greedy Williams plays every single route that he covers. And so there's naturally going to be things we miss. You know, even if we go back and, and watch that all 22, we're still not going to watch it as closely as they do. And and so that that's part of the disconnect. But I still, you know, they're grading him as one of the Browns' worst coverage defenders. And I guess I didn't necessarily see that last year when I watched him. Yeah, he, I mean, it was he was – I think the only thing he was considered – playing at starting level in was tackling <laughs> of all things. Um, I, I mean, if you, the grades, I guess are one thing. Uh, if you look at some, maybe some specific stats like uh, catch percentage, uh, quarterbacks were completing 59% of their passes against him, which um, is second best on the team. Ward was at 45%. So uh, there's that, there's, you know, there wasn't that, that, series of plays where war where Williams stood out as some sort of um, some sort of issue you know like you said we're not watching him every single snap but I don't think anybody came away from last season thinking that that he was a liability out there um, even uh, even when he came back from from the injury so you know you 
you kind of take PFF grading, uh, their, their word for it, uh, unless you want to go through and then watch every snap of Greedy Williams. Uh, you know, they, they seem to be uh, on the ball with, with others, other grades that seem to match up. So, I mean, that, I, that isn't surprising. I, I think when you really boil it down, his overall defensive grade, um, again, it was near the bottom, but it wasn't, you know, rock bottom. It wasn't, you know, Rob McRae, guys like that, Darius Taylor down there who didn't really have a lot of snaps. You know, Chad Wilson or Chad Thomas, we know, didn't have a, uh, a great season outside of uh, a couple games where he had a few sacks. So, um, you know, Greedy Williams was above that. And I think that he was probably where, where you would expect it as a rookie. You know, he, he was a second-round pick for a reason. He wasn't a first-round pick. So maybe that kind of bore itself out as the season, uh, as his rookie season went on. Right. I, I think that's always an important thing to remember when we talk about these guys, especially, like you mentioned, a guy who wasn't a first-round pick. This, this wasn't a guy who, you know, was even the top corner taken or, or anything like that. There's a learning curve. And when you're a cornerback in the NFL, that's one of the hardest positions to play, uh, especially in the modern NFL where you've got a shorter passing game things are quicker. You've got Denzel Ward on the other side. Now he was targeted the most, again, this is from PFF data. Ward was targeted uh, the most of any player on the Browns, uh, but he also had a 44.9 reception percentage, um, which is essentially the high, which is the best number on the Browns when, when you kind of factor in the, the number of targets. So I would imagine if you really kind of broke that down, if you're Greedy Williams, you know, as, as the season wears on and Denzel Ward starts to look like Denzel Ward again, because I did think he got off to a little bit of a slow start last year. That ball's yeah. maybe going to be coming your way a little more. And team quarterbacks are going to pick on you a little more. Any good quarterback is going to say, if I, who am I going to throw to, Denzel Ward or Greedy Williams? And, I, you know, I think that that's, that's something that he's going to have to deal with, especially if Ward continues to, to take those steps forward and become that, you know, top, top cornerback in the league you know, quarterbacks are going to come out and say, all right, let's pick on Greedy Williams and make him prove it. Oh, yeah. And, well, I think one of the things that's working in his favor is having Joe Woods as your defensive coordinator and his extensive background coaching defensive backs. You know, he's Rondé Barber, Antoine Winfield, Darren Sharper, Charles Woodson. These are all guys that Woods has been around. So you can kind of tell, you know, everybody in your defensive backfield, look, this is how some of the best in the game have done it. And also, you know, we know Woods is big on film work, and we don't know – you know, we don't know what Gritty Williams was like in the classroom necessarily, but uh, it's clear that Joe Woods is big on on getting the most out of out of watching film. So maybe having Woods there is something that that you know bumps him up to the level that you know John Dorsey had hoped he would you know he would eventually be. Now I'm concerned. I'm I'm wondering what Gritty Williams is going to be like, uh, confidence and swagger wise, because you you remember. Uh, his first interview with, with us in the media, he proclaimed that the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl and kind of got in a little trouble with Freddie Kitchens over, uh, over making predictions like that. Um, but he was kind of, I mean, he was a talker at LSU, which I think kind of maybe it's a prerequisite for going to LSU uh, doing that. But uh, I remember watching film of him uh, talking to DK Metcalf, um, just trash talked him from one sideline to the other as he was walking back, you know, to his own sideline and, you know, he did the, the Cam Newton Super Bowl celebration at Auburn once. Um, so, I mean, he's that kind of guy. And last year he said that he was kind of checking that at the door. He's just here to learn. And, you know, he didn't really come across as that, 
that, uh, that trash talking guy. I mean, you were in the, I wasn't in the locker room every day last year, but from what I saw, he was pretty quiet and maybe that's, maybe he comes out of his shell this year. Maybe that's what helps him get to the next level. Maybe Greedy Williams needs to be in someone's face and talking to, to really be the player that, that he was in college. He was, he was pretty quiet last year in, in that locker room. We didn't see him a whole lot. Uh, he, when he was in there, he kind of kept to himself. If you talked to him, you, you know, interviewed him or whatever, he was pretty quiet. Uh, I, I do remember, I think it was a Patriots game where he was mic'd up and he might've been, he might've been running his mouth a little bit to Julian Edelman, some stuff like that. And that's sort of like, of, like of all people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, that's, that, that's sort of what drives these guys. That what, that's what makes a cornerback a cornerback is that, that, that confidence and and Denzel Ward is a quiet guy but that's just sort of Denzel's personality that's not Greedy's personality and I do think it helps these guys that, that personality can be on display and they have that confidence level to sort of be who they are what I like about this pairing and we should probably spend some time talking about Ward too uh, but but what I really, really like about this pairing and I've said this before is Ward is kind of that smaller faster guy and, and Greedy is a bigger uh, lengthier guy you know he's not huge but he, he kind of fits a little more of that Seattle mold where he's a little bit of a bigger corner still has that athleticism and I just like that combo because you know we'll, we'll see how Joe Woods handles this every every defensive coordinator handles things differently if he's going to have Denzel follow the best receiver if he's going to play sides of the field uh, we'll, we'll see how he ultimately decides to handle that I want to say in San Francisco they played sides but I'm not 100% sure on that um but but having those options, being able to say, well, this receiver's a little bit bigger. We want the bigger body on him. You know, Denzel, you go over here and shut this guy down. I, I just like having that versatility and that combination. People say, you know, you want you want your wide receivers to look like a basketball team. I like some variety in the cornerback room too. I like I like guys to look a little different and, and play a little different. Yeah, I think it was Ward who said they want. Uh, he's hoping that uh, Williams and and he become the that Dixon and Minifield of the current Browns. And I don't, I don't think Hamper Dixon was that tall. I know midfield was smaller, but you know, it's still kind of the same dynamic. It's um, they were a little bit different. Uh, and I think, yeah, that does work. I think, you know, just like receiver, you don't want to have a bunch of guys who are all the same. You want people who have kind of diversity in what they can do and, and the kind of people they can cover, you know, a lot of, a lot of their success, I think is going to, you know, obviously be driven by what happens up front this year. You know, if, if Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon are both on the field the second half of the season, maybe Greedy Williams has a better has a better year, you know. Uh, maybe uh, you know the slot. Whoever's playing in the slot uh, obviously can impact how things are going as well. And the safeties, you know, there was much issues at safety last year with injuries and and players not being on the field. And sometimes he had Sheldrick Redwine back there, or another rookie trying to figure things out. So I mean, there were a lot of issues on defense last year and. Um, you know, who you're playing with and, and, and next to can have an impact on how you play. And so maybe uh, with some changes this year, and again, the coaching obviously is going to change, that, 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 that helps out Greedy Williams. But, you know, I, I don't see any reason why the Browns can't feel confident going into the season knowing that Ward and, and Greedy are going to be on the outside for them. The, the other piece of this, too, is kind of who else is in that room. Uh, I, I guess Terrence Mitchell – would be the one guy that could maybe unseat Greedy. Um, uh, maybe Donnie Lewis kind of shows up out of nowhere after spending last year on the practice squad. 
Yeah, that would be a hell of a jump. <laughs> yeah, right. Same with a guy like A.J. Green, who was an undrafted free agent. I know people were excited when the Browns signed him, but, again, that's, that's a big jump, too, even, even though he's a, you know, a, a big school guy. Uh, you know, I just don't think there's anybody else on this roster right now as I, as I kind of scroll through here and I say, okay, that guy could really give, um, could really give him a run for his money outside of Mitchell. I think Mitchell was really good before he got hurt in 2018. He did a nice job filling in when, when Greedy and Denzel got hurt last year and, and missed those four games. Uh, but, but he's really the guy. And, and weirdly, last year, it looked like Terrence Mitchell was barreling towards being the starter. And then at the last minute, the Browns named Greedy the starter for week one. So I, I would imagine that this is Greedy's job to lose right now. Yeah, and I don't – we're not sure how Kevin Johnson fits into that. You know, he's right. never been a, a regular starter. And he's even played most of his snaps out wide. Uh, he had, I guess, I mean, a significant number of snaps in the slot. Uh, last year, I think uh, he was targeted 11 times in 190 snaps in slot coverage, targeted 11 times. And we don't know if he's – that's one of the things we missed by not seeing off-season workouts in minicamp is we don't know how they're going to use someone like Kevin Johnson if he's the guy that to fill that slot role that – that we saw T.J. Carey and, you know, Eric Murray in last year. Um, I, I, I mean, do we think it's going to be Terrence Mitchell? I don't know. But clearly, if you want your three most, I guess, your most talented three defensive backs on the field, it's going to be Mitchell, Williams, and, and Ward, I would think. Um, unless they just want to go with three, three safeties and have – I don't even know who. I guess Carl Joseph? Do you want him covering in the slot? You know, you don't want – Maybe Delpit's that guy. Maybe he's the guy that uh, that kind of becomes that that movable piece, and uh, you can get by with just Williams and, and Ward playing most of the snaps. But uh, yeah, like you said, I don't think there's really anybody outside of Terrence Mitchell who who would be uh, pushing him. You know, and we don't even know if it's going to be a competition or not. Maybe maybe last year is was kind of the final word on that, and they're just going to move forward. And I, I know last year's staff. Um, because I, I actually asked, I think during training camp last year, you know, could Mitchell play the slot? And it was either the DB's coach or it might have been Steve Wilkes um, basically said, no, Mitchell's an outside guy. Now, this is a different staff and maybe they view him differently. But, uh, that, you know, they certainly didn't believe that, that Mitchell was a guy who was a candidate to move in and, and play in the slot regularly. So it, it feels like that's Kevin Johnson. And look, that's an important role. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is even though it's not technically a starter, it kind of is a starter because you're going to be on the field a lot, even if you're not out there on the first play. It all depends on personnel, as we know. But uh, that, that, that's a very important role. Now, Denzel Ward is a guy, you know, had a great rookie year, made the Pro Bowl, got off to that slow start last year, uh, but really seemed to pick it up as the year went along. I know there's, you know, you, you scroll through Twitter and you see a lot of, every now and again, you'll see these little film breakdowns of Denzel Ward just talking about how good he was last season. This is a big year for him money-wise uh, because if he makes his second Pro Bowl, that fifth-year option gets a little bit more expensive. It's, you know, it's a couple million dollars, but uh, I'm sure he would take it. But thanks to that new CBA, it might help him out if he makes the Pro Bowl this year. Um, do you think this is a year when Denzel Ward makes that leap, you know, year two to year three, hopefully he's healthy finally, uh, just makes that leap to becoming a guy that gets mentioned among the elite corners in the game? Yeah, that's the big question. I think, you know, he made the Pro Bowl 
that, but it was a I thought it was kind of a surprise. I mean, he had a lot of picks as a rookie, but I don't, to me, it was kind of a surprise. It's like, really? I mean, I guess, you know, Ford had a good year, but it, who knows with the pro bowl because the voting's kind of wacky sometimes, but, um, but he's technically a pro bowler. And, you know, I don't, I think if he makes a leap, it's going to be because of adjustments around him. I mean, he, like you said, he had a good year last year when they came, when he came back from injury, he had the second highest coverage grade uh, on the team right behind Chad Thomas <laughs> with those 34 uh, coverage snaps. Um, but, you know, I think it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the pass rush and, and not having to cover longer than normal, you know, taking advantage of, of, of throws from quarterbacks who are under pressure. And uh, I think that's the kind of thing that, that really helps. And I don't know if Ward's going to get to that, you know, out on an Island kind of, kind of situation where people think of him as a place where you just can't throw, but he's certainly, uh, I think he's, he's played well enough to warrant that high first round pick that he was. Um, and I would, you know, he's one of the guys that if you had to pick pro bowlers on this team, I would, I would definitely have him probably up there in the top five of, of possibilities. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think Denzel Ward certainly if he's healthy and those hamstring injuries last year with, with him and, and greedy really kind of, especially for greedy I think slowed his season down that's tough for a rookie to have to come back from uh, especially in the middle of a season uh, okay so that'll do it for this edition of our 20 questions podcast all about greedy Williams and the corners make sure you're subscribed to the orange and brown talk podcast because these are all through your feed if you want to catch up uh, check out our emergency podcast on David Njoku that we did as well uh, all of the stuff we've done here in this July you want to check that out and of course check out football insider as well for Scott I'm Dan thanks for listening everybody 